Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. I mean, you got to work your ass off to be successful. Nothing's given to you. But it's not hard to have a good attitude. You know, it's not hard to treat people kindly. It's not hard to really put your customer at the forefront of what you're doing. And if you do that and you have a reasonably good product, you're going to be at least moderately successful. Sometimes a company's origin story drives their culture and ultimately their successes and their impact. The philanthropic aspect of what we do and the impact that Kendra set out to change people's lives and make a difference in the world, she's done that in spades and to be a small part of that is, is really remarkable. And then to run a very profitable, successful, high growth business throughout all of that has been terrific. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. business, you have to want to win. But in addition to that, simple, honest values can go a really long way. Our guest today leads a company that is powered by that philosophy. On this episode, we get to sit down with Tom Nolan, CEO of the jewelry and accessories brand Kendra Scott. Tom leads the billion-dollar business by balancing day-to-day -day functions and strategy with the integration of the brand's core pillars of family, fashion, and philanthropy into every consumer touchpoint. In addition to serving on the board of directors, Tom oversees the brand's substantial omnichannel growth, global expansion, and evolving retail model. Tom has more than two decades of experience in brand building, management, and results-driven strategic planning from a diverse range of companies, including Ralph Lauren, Condé Nast, and his own entrepreneurial endeavor, Prospect Brands. Tom and I talked about the company's humble beginnings and how far they've come. Let's enter the arena with Tom Nolan. It's an amazing story. Kendra is what's turned out to be the great American success story. She started this company now 21 years ago as a single mom out of the spare bedroom of her house with $500 in a dream, really going door to door selling jewelry. And today, as you mentioned, we're a substantially large organization. And she started this company because she saw white space out in the marketplace at the time. She was a single mom who really liked and appreciated nice things, but couldn't afford it. And the jewelry experience at the time, 21 years ago, was was kind of a scary one. It was, you know, things were under counter and people wore white gloves and it was very judgmental. And, and she wanted to create something that made people feel really good and have an opportunity for people to go in and enjoy what they were doing and buy beautiful things at an affordable price. And she did that through creating Kendra Scott with making products that utilize natural gemstones at a really affordable price. And 
always head to the earlier point you mentioned, philanthropy as kind of the cornerstone for what we do. And it's really stayed true today. And it's the organization's been able to make a dramatic difference in people's lives. And we're really proud of that. We're going to talk about that for sure. But I, I wanted to focus a little bit more on your career, Tom. Take us through your career and what you feel your strengths are and how the Kendra Scott opportunity came to you. Yeah, I've had a, a winding career and background. It's kind of interesting. And some of it was on purpose, but most of it was kind of by accident. I grew up on Long Island, New York, if you're familiar with that. My dad was an electrician. I'm the only person in my family to graduate from high school. And back then I was able to throw a baseball, which got me a scholarship to go to Fordham University and wound up playing baseball and golf there. And then when I graduated, because I did, I, the background I grew up in, I didn't have a resume really or any sort of internship experience or anything. I worked for roofers and contractors. I did some caddying in the summers. And it turns out, Tom, that's not really a great background to go find a, a job in the, in, in the business <laughs> right. world. I tripped into the publishing industry at the time. I, I wound up getting a job at a publishing firm called Ziff Davis and selling classified ads in the back of PC Magazine and PC Computing. Also knew nothing about uh, personal computing at the time, but kind of built my career on, on hard work and watched my dad you know, work his tail off as we were kids. And my mom was an entrepreneur in hindsight. I mean, she had ice cream truck routes. We had a hot dog truck when I was a kid. She had a good humor ice cream route. Love good humor. Most exciting thing ever when you're exactly. a kid, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. So I started my career in the publishing industry kind of by accident. Wound up having a really nice career there. Wound up going from Ziff Davis to Condé Nast to became a publisher. I was passionate about golf, became a publisher of Golf World Magazine when I was 26, which was the youngest in the history of the time of that, of that organization. And looking back now, managing a lot of people that are that age, it's astonishing that somebody gave me the, the reins to a business at that age, you know, with the experience that I had, which was not much, but turned that business around and did really well. I had a great career in the publishing industry and then got a call about going to join Ralph Lauren and uh, went to Ralph to go run their golf and tennis and Olympics business. Enjoyed it. And then left Ralph after five years to, to start my own endeavor called Prospect Brands. Had a, um, a private equity partner in that and we wound up buying distressed assets and turning them around and, and selling them off. And it was nice. It was, I'd say... We had a, one really poorly run business and that was my fault and it failed and it was a great learning. We didn't have to take it through bankruptcy, but got really close. Uh, so learned a lot of lessons the hard way there. But while I was there, I got a phone call from a private equity firm called Norwest Partners based out in California who had become Kendra Scott's first institutional investor. And they, uh, as part of that investment, they had an outside board seat to name and they called me. I don't know how they found my name. I'd never served on a board before. I had zero experience in jewelry and uh, flew out to Austin, Texas, which I had never been to before, and hit it off with Kendra. Had a really nice experience with the private equity team, and when I joined the company, it was doing around $40 million in revenue. It was valued around $100 million, and then almost three years later, had a, another private equity transaction with a new minority institutional investor called Berkshire Partners that put a uh, north of a billion-dollar valuation on the business. So really was remarkable to be a part of it. And then after that, I joined the company full-time as chief revenue, chief marketing officer, then became president and then ultimately CEO. In hindsight, kind of looking back at my career, I had only worked for founders and I had been one. It was kind of interesting. I didn't do that on purpose, but between Bill Ziff and Cy Newhouse at Condé and then Ralph and then myself and now Kendra. But all the things I had done, I, I knew nothing about going into, which I think was really interesting. And when I talk to younger people now and ask about careers, it, it forced me to be inquisitive and curious Instead of walking in the door or acting like I knew what I was talking about, because I really didn't, I had to really lean into the organizations that I was working at and ask a lot of questions and get to know the customer and really understand the mechanics of the business and why people were buying it. And I think it served me really well in hindsight. And today I'm so proud of the organization that we have here and 
most importantly, I would say is the, the philanthropic aspect to what we do and the impact that Kendra set out to change people's lives and make a difference in the world. She's done that in spades and to be a small part of that is, is really remarkable and exciting and fun and rewarding. And then to run a very profitable, successful, high growth business throughout all of that has been terrific. And then in addition to that, Tom, I serve on the board of uh, Tommy John, which is a an underwear company based in New York, and then Maiden, which is a cookware brand here in Austin. And then let's say just lastly, and I know you did an interview with Eli Manning on this, we were part owners together in a, a golf course and just outside Chattanooga, Tennessee, we launched a bourbon out of it. Both things are called Sweden's Cove, which has been been a lot of fun. And and most important in my life, I have four amazing children. And so I've got a pretty full plate. Tom, not only about your career, but your collision course with ending Kendra Scott, it's really just a great American success story and everybody can get behind that. Everybody's rooting for, for those kinds of things in this country. I think especially for Kendra, when I started, our company was 99% female. Today we're 97% female. And I mean, she's one of less than 20 founders that have built billion dollar businesses that are female. And I think to do what she has been able to accomplish 21 years ago as a woman is really astonishing um, and remarkable. And I think the thing that I like to talk about with people that want to know, get under the covers and really understand how we've been successful, how she's been successful, she's a, an amazing human being. I mean, to have her be the face of our brand and the name on the building is, is she's the greatest asset that we have as an organization. And it shines through in her kindness and compassion. And she's a great partner and a mother and a friend and a business leader and an entrepreneur and all those things that everybody sees. But the thing that I'm most attracted to her for and that I, I care about her and love about her is, is also her tenacity and the tenaciousness and the need to win and how that shines through in a very compassionate way. And I think that that makes us very unique culturally. And it's not talked about enough. I think there's a lot of people that talk about the results, which are there, but they're there as a byproduct of how we behave and the way that we act and how we treat our employees and how we treat our customers. And it's really driven by her. And I think it says a lot about kind of who she is and the team she's put around her and, and the business that we've built as a result of it. I think like optimism and kindness, those two basic things like go so far in building a business. It's insane, right? It's just basic stuff. It's hard work. I mean, you got to work your ass off to be successful. Nothing's given to you, especially kind of where I came from. And Kendra came from a similar background. So we that resonates with us. But it's not hard to have a good attitude. You know, it's not hard to be treat people kindly. It's not hard to really put your customer at the forefront of what you do and you're, you're the people at the forefront of what you do. And if you do that, and you have a reasonably good product and you do things the right way, you're, you're going to be at least moderately successful, right? Totally. I agree. So I, I think we've been able to show that and build a company around that. And it's, and it's exciting. How about the company's brand values? Obviously the numbers speak for themselves, but why does it make you a better business? It's fashion. We're in the fashion business. Ralph used to always say when I was there, you know, the second you're in fashion, you're out of fashion. It's a very fickle thing. It's transient in a lot of ways, but we are a fashion company and we have to make sure we're putting forward beautiful product that's fashion forward that gets people excited and makes people feel better about themselves when they put it on. So that's the first one. The second one I'll touch on is family, which is our, one of our, another one of our pillars. To me, family means accountability. When I think about my family, I'm accountable to them and I'm accountable to be honest. I'm accountable to treat them the right way. I'm accountable to teach them. I'm accountable to coach them. This organization feels the most familial of anyone that I've ever been a part of and we attract like-minded people in a lot of ways, not like-minded people that are just going to be followers, but like-minded people that challenge and are going to make us all better because they're great people. There's two types of cultures in my mind of organizations. There's the one on one hand where it's hard charging, got to win at all costs, you know, got to put points on the board, ruthless, 
whatever you want, whatever acronym you want to put, an adjective you want to put into it to make it, you know, it's got to win. And look, those companies, a lot of them are successful, a lot of them win, and 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 for the right kind of person, they're great companies to work at. On the other hand, you have organizations that are really focused on more of the softer side of things and work-life balance and feelings, and also really successful, great organizations and people that think like that love to be a part of those organizations. Those two things juxtapose each other, right? And the, pe- the kind of person that's successful at one, generally speaking, is not successful at the other. And I've never seen an organization that also touches on both of those things in really meaningful ways, in an authentic way. We do. We have a need, not a want or a willingness, but like a need to win and be successful. We have to do it. And it comes from Kendra. I'm wired that way. She's wired that way. But we have an entire organization of people that have this remarkable need, not desire to win. However, we also have an entire organization of people that are kind and generous and compassionate and understand balance and flexibility and love for one another. And to me, that's family. It means more than just a paycheck and it means more than just working with somebody. I mean, there's the number of times I can tell you, the weddings I've been to for our employees, the amount of times I've cried with our employees when I found out they were having babies. I mean, the connective tissue that's here is remarkable. And I think a lot of it goes to the fact that we're 97% female. I think women make better leaders than men, if I'm being honest about, you know, how they operate and the, the, the superpower that a working mom has is remarkable. So we lean into that in a way that I've never seen in an organization before. And then our final one is, is philanthropy. And from the very beginning, Kendra put a stake in the ground and said, look, we, we wanted, she wanted to change the world and, and impact people's lives. And we do that in a way that I've never seen before. It, last year in 130 stores, we did almost 20,000 events and every single one of them was to impact an individual's life. I just came back from a, a week with an organization called Inheritance of Hope and we had, we had almost 20 employees there and that organization takes a terminally ill parent who can't, couldn't afford to take their family to Disney World and, and brings a family to Disney World. And you watch the gratitude that these families have just to have another day with each other and the gratitude that they have for an organization like Inheritance of Hope and, and partners like Kendra Scott to be able to afford them this ability so that they can just live their life instead of thinking about, you know, the, the, the cancer that's eating away at them and the fact that they might not be here for a long time. And, it's, and we change people's lives in that regard. And we do it through jewelry, which is really remarkable. It's like a, you're a people business that just happens to sell jewelry, right? I think everything is a people business. We just, we really do it. I think we do it in a very thoughtful way. So philanthropy is important to us. And just real quick, I, I want to try to tell you this as quickly as I can, Tom. Yeah. I wound up here because after the one north of billion dollar transaction, Kendra asked me to join the company. I was living in Greensboro, as I said, and I had no interest in moving to Texas. My family was settled where we were. And she is a very persuasive and dogged individual. So I knew she wouldn't stop asking me. So she said, look, before you make up your mind, I want you to go to a uh, Kendra Cares event that we, we, we're hosting. And I said, okay, fine. What Kendra Cares is, is we have something called a color bar, which is we were the first organization of our type to do a create your own. So you can walk into a Kendra Scott store and make specific jewelry that you like. And we take that and we bring it to hospitals, schools, organizations. It's a, a mobile color bar. So in this instance, we went to Sloan Kettering's Pediatric Oncology Ward in New York City with a Kendra Cares event. And I'm an emotional person in the sense that, you know, I cry in the movies. Every time I visit my daughter, Villanova, I cry. So I'm like, yeah. So I was very apprehensive about going because I didn't want to embarrass myself or make the people that I was helping serve there feel uncomfortable. So 
anyway, begrudgingly went to this. We had a DJ in the waiting room there. We had balloons, clowns, and I made jewelry for sick kids and their families and their parents and their siblings and their grandparents and anybody that was there. And we took a, like this really, I mean, a pediatric oncology ward is not a happy place for obvious reasons. And we took this really unhappy place and we made it the happiest place for sure in New York City if not all of America that day. And I held it together. I went down the elevator after it was over, after three hours, I went across the street, completely lost it. I called my family and said, we got to move to Austin because I'm never going to be able to have the impact on people's lives that I had today on a daily basis. So philanthropy, our third pillar is our, I believe our most important pillar because that's the connective tissue that ties our organization together. It ties our customers together in a really meaningful local community way because we're not just a pretty earring or a beautiful necklace or a bracelet, it's, it's something that means something to somebody else. They've made products that have touched people's lives and I think that's our connective tissue and we do it in a really thoughtful way. Kendra Scott has seen some amazing growth, but there have been some crucial tipping points along the way. The first tipping point at the organization was the recession that we in 2008 and when Kendra put all her chips on the table and said, you know what? At the time, we were 100% wholesale business, and all of her customers are going out of business. So it's when she opened her first retail store and just put it all out there and said, look, this is either going to work or it's going to fail, and we're not going to have a company anymore. And I think doing that really, that was the, the biggest single moment that happened in the organization because it was really gutsy. It allowed us to control the experience that the customers had and, and really have her understand the importance of experience and creating something that was different than in the marketplace. And that kind of set us off to the races. And I would say that continued really prolific growth in retail and experience has been a continuation of a tipping point. We've opened since then, you know, 120 more stores since I've been here. And I think that that experiential nature of our business for sure has been a tipping point. I, look, COVID was a big thing. I think for me, it was a tipping point in the sense that it showed the resiliency of our organization that we could get through anything. I mean, I think COVID, it made or broke businesses and people, you know, it, I think it made some good companies great and it made some good companies go away, truthfully, the ones that couldn't pivot quickly enough and react to the situation, the customers. But I think what we've been through the last couple of years, it feels like every day is a tipping point. You know, there's, oh, there's something new that we have to overcome constantly. And we've have a knack of zigging when other people zag and proving people wrong. So, to me, every day is a tipping point. Like we want to, to do something different every day. We want to prove somebody wrong every day, not in like a spiteful way, but in a, in a thoughtful way from a business perspective. And I think launching the, the Kendra Scott Women's Entrepreneurial Institute at the University of Texas was another tipping point. It is something we're continuing to be really proud of. I think empowering women is really important, knowing that it's gotten easier, but it's still not as easy as it's supposed to be from an opportunistic standpoint. Kendra's really leaned into and dove into becoming a professor at the University of Texas. We all teach there and get involved. We've hired people from that program that's come through. We're trying to now bring it to other universities across the country. It's really important to arm as many people as we can, men and women, with the ability and knowledge of how to be successful and how to overcome adversity and how to have the same level of success and opportunity that, that we've been fortunate enough to have. So I think all of those things have been tipping points, but it's, you know, every day seems to be. Yeah. I wish it was easier I and mean, business is not easy. It's hard. It's a grind, but I did want to ask you, I know Berkshire 
pretty well, and uh, they are a top-notch firm. I wouldn't expect anything less. What has their presence done for the organization? How have they helped you with the retail strategy and everything else you're doing? We're very fortunate to have had two amazing partners here between Norwest Capital and Berkshire. They've both been great strategic advisors. I think that they've been really helpful in counsel and guidance. And I don't think a single time they've ever told us what to do. And I really do appreciate that. But they're incredibly helpful in board meetings. They're appropriately challenging, I would say. Anytime we need resources, whether it's talent resources or just guidance on you know how to make decisions, they've been really helpful. And I think a thing that people don't talk about enough is... Being a CEO is a really lonely job. You don't get to ask people's advice in the organization because it's not a fair burden to put on people. So having a really strong board, having advisors to help guide you in making decisions is really important. And they've served that purpose really well for us, for me specifically, for sure. You guys uh, seem to be extremely creative in, in how you approach the market and the way you surprise customers in unique places. You've done partnerships with like the Cowboys and Barbie and Museum of Ice Cream and all kinds of cool stuff. Tell me about that. Yeah. So really important. And we talk about this a lot internally. The customer's our boss. At the end of the day, she signs our paychecks. So that lives at the forefront of every decision that we make. We love surprising and delighting people in every aspect that we can. Kendra talks a lot about a lot of businesses in the retail business specifically, or at least in the customer consumer goods business, they talk a lot about conversion. We talk about connection, right? If you have great connections and you have a great experience, it's going to lead to conversions. So that's how we think about it. And we just, we do that every day. So it, it shows itself in a lot of different ways. We, we try to pick things that are going to resonate with our customers. And then we, we hold hands with whoever we're working with to make sure that we're aligned. And then we deliver, over deliver an expectation to a customer in every single way possible. Like when you walk into one of our retail stores, it's fun. Like it's supposed to be fun. When you walk into most retail stores, it's not fun. So we hire people, we train them the right way. We talk about connection. We don't talk about conversion and it leads to the right out outcome every single time. We think about that as it relates to partnerships. We think about that as we talk about marketing ideas and we're, we're just a scrappy organization because we had to be from the very beginning. We're so focused on profitability and free cash flow. We don't spend a lot of money on, on marketing. So we have to be really scrappy and thoughtful about how we do it. And I think that leads to better thinking, right? I mean, it's easy when you get giant budgets and you just want to, you know, going to buy TV spots and you're going to put an ad in the Super Bowl, et cetera. But we have to be really thoughtful about it. And no matter how big we get, we're always going to have that attitude, that scrappiness, that grassroots sort of connection with our customer. And it's led to success. And I think that mentality of how we operate and how we think about things, how we put the customer at the forefront, the center of every single decision that we make across the board, from my job to the most entry-level person that we have, everybody thinks that way. And I think it's part of that is through leading by example. We're out in the field. The entire executive team works in the distribution center. We work in our retail stores. We're out in front of customers. Like that mentality. And also it's fun. Like I don't like sitting in my office. I want to get out and I want to be with our people and I want to be with our customers and it, it makes you better. So that, that leads to great marketing ideas, great partnership because we're all really connected to one another. So Tom, I know that you just launched the Kendra Scott Foundation. What, what's the mission there? Yeah, so the mission of the, the Kendra Scott Foundation is to empower women and youth in the areas of health and wellness, education and entrepreneurship. And it's a byproduct of the, a lot of the work we've done, which we've talked about through the Kendra Scott Women's Entrepreneurial Institute at the University of Texas, where we gleaned a lot of information and learnings and put that into practice through the Kendra Scott Foundation. And so it's it's something that we've always been doing. We've been doing it for the last 21 years. It's just we've now materialized it and had it come to life through an actual foundation. And I think that foundation is going to allow Kendra Scott to do even more good and serve as an overarching platform to deepen the brand's investment, 
in changing the lives of women and, and youth and really anybody in need. That's kind of how we think about it and that's the importance of it. So so getting the foundation off of the ground in an official way is, has been and is really important to us. And I think it'll allow us to do even more good things in the world. The other thing that I thought was a little surprising was the men's line that you've come out with. I'd love to know the inspiration behind that and how do you take a women-centric business and kind of shift the marketing to, to penetrate the uh, men and all the things that they need? Sure. So uh, 25% of our customers today are men. So there's a lot of men shopping in our stores, most of them buying gifts. And we're a yep. great gift-giving destination. So we wanted to capitalize on that. Kendra has three sons. So Scott Brothers was launched as Cade, Beck, and Gray, really the brothers, kind of came together through COVID. You know, everybody was working from home. Kendra was designing product in her living room, essentially, at the time. And it was really the two older boys, Beck and Cade, who were there leaning in and giving a hand to what they were doing. And they were like, well, some of the stuff we would actually wear. So that that was the impetus for the brand. And I think it's been really successful. But, but part of the reason why everything that we've done has been successful, Tom, whether it was Bridal or Scott Brothers, we just launched Yellow Rose, which is an entire new brand. We've done it in a really authentic way. And we've listened to the customer as Kendra's life has evolved and changed and needs have changed. That's how we've launched businesses versus just looking at a market and saying, hey, there's a TAM out there where we think we can capitalize on this and we want to launch something. We've done it really genuinely and authentic. So in a way, we wanted to capitalize on the, the men that were in the, in the stores, which we have, and it's been a very successful business. But at the same time, it was really a natural evolution of, of Kendra's life. And as, as the boys have grown up and they've gotten really involved, and it's been fun for me to watch. I've known them since they were little kids. So seeing Beck and Kate involved in the business and here in the office kind of helping us grow this business has been has been fun. And the product's been great. I, and it's been fun for me, selfishly. You know, believe it or not, I don't wear a lot of women's jewelry. And it's been nice to wear some of our product. And we launched watches as a byproduct of it, which have been really successful. So it's it's been a lot of fun. You mentioned kind of the army that you're leading there at Kendra Scott. But talk about uh, the rest of the senior team. What's your philosophy on on managing everybody? And what's the team like around you? My strength is hard work and perseverance and a willingness to never give up and and just being relentless. So like that's how I'm wired. I learned a long time ago that I'm probably not going to be the smartest person in the room and I'm okay with that. And I think what I've tried to do is is hire great people and put around me that are going to compliment. So we have an amazing senior leadership team. My leadership style, I'm a servant leader. I feel like our organization doesn't work for me. I work for them. And I want that to be seen and felt throughout the entire organization, not just the people that report directly to me. But, And I hope it is. I work hard at it. But our senior leadership team is amazing. We have a great, amazing CFO. I have a great chairwoman, obviously, in Kendra, who's become one of my best friends and closest confidants. And really, like, I had a lot of sister who died 11 years ago. She's become like a surrogate sister to me, Sorry which to is amazing. That. Yeah, thank you. Back to our family pillar, right? So that, that's kind of how I look at it. We've hired amazing people that are like-minded that also share that same servant mentality, knowing that we work for each other. And there's just not a lot of egos here. And I think that works, works really well. And if you can tie that into really talented people that understand what great looks like and are willing to do the work, and want to win together, it creates an amazing culture and it creates a great strength and bond and family and galvanizes each other to wanting to win together. What does the business look like in five to 10 years? I'm sure like 10 years ago, you said, hey, can we get to this milestone? It would be like incredible. And then you get there and it's unbelievable. It's funny, Kendra and I were literally just talking about this two days ago. We were on a flight together going to see a customer. We put a deck together to show this, this organization. It was like a 
concentric circle of great global lifestyle brands and we were right in there and it was like and I said to her I was like can you believe can you believe this and we both looked at each other like yes we can because we we it was a big hairy audacious goal of ours to be a billion dollar business of hers from the very beginning like this stuff happens over time and it's it's crazy to see it kind of come to fruition so I think five years from now w the things that we really are focusing on is we've always believed I've worked at a great global lifestyle brand at Ralph Lauren I've seen how it works I've seen what it takes to do that and execute that and how you do it the right way in a thoughtful way we have every single ingredient to do that in a more prolific way, I believe, because we have a more prolific, thoughtful, authentic, incredible leader here in Kendra and somebody that all walks of life aspire to be. So for us, we, we will become a global lifestyle brand. I think that's going to really start happening in a very aggressive, significant way over the next five years. And we're going to do that through launching and getting into new product categories in a thoughtful way. We launched an entire new brand this year called Yellow Rose, which has been remarkably successful. And that was a good indication for us that the customer is giving us permission to do that. I think unlocking global in a different way is something that is on our three to five year roadmap. The future is really exciting and very bright and we've got the team here to execute it, which is even more exciting. I mean, when you step back, Kendra Scott is really a great American success story. They're scrappy, creative, very connected to their customer, and have amazing values that they're really committed to. It's the kind of company that you can't help but root for, and it's incredible to see this translating into a huge success. At Welcome to the Arena, we're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon-to-be public companies. Thanks for listening. I want to thank Tom Nolan for joining me today. I loved hearing about his interesting career trajectory, his approach to brand strategy, and the passion and care he puts into his team and the whole business. This is Tom Ryan. We'll see you next time back in the arena. References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.